Carla. How are you doing? Hello, I am doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is my, I would say, almost like my meditating moment. You know, so it's uh, it's I, I love it because it's a, you know like it's my weekly. Um, I try to record as ma as many times as possible, but it's, it's my bi-weekly meditation moment. So <laughs> it's um, I love it. So yeah, well, I'm doing fantastic. Well, that's good. Uh, the the first question I got for you is a, is pretty much like a twofold question. Mm -hmm. like the, the, the first half of it is you know like where are you located in this world, and the second one in how has been the pandemic situation for you for the past thirteen fourteen months. I am located in Indiana, uh, kind of the southern part, which is closer to Louisville, Kentucky. A lot of people know where Louisville, Kentucky is at, Derby, which is going on this weekend. But I am in Indiana part, and COVID has been um, been very challenging, as it has for the rest of the world. But I actually had quit my job just like a week before COVID had hit, and I quit the job that I had for a few years to start my event planning business. <laughs> so wow. we know how that turned out. So it has put a halt on that. So I kind of transitioned, did some soul searching and transitioned that into what I'm doing now as a coach and a speaker. So that has been a damper. Uh, April the 6th, I believe, our, um, our mask, you know, they have lifted that part off, but a lot of people still, and I do still wear my mask, you know, so, but it has been challenging, but it's, you know, there's been, blessings in disguise. I think a lot of people has been soul searching and kind of, you know, learn about themselves and their goals and all that stuff. But it's, it's been challenging, but it has had its blessings. And how is your state dealt with the situation precisely? You know, like, were you, you know, I'm asking this question because, you know, like here in Quebec, Canada, we're probably some of the more strict, um, rules right now you know like we still have a curfew mm -hmm. um you know like masks are not only mandatory but you know like you, you even are looked almost like like a like a rebel or whatever you know like right. if you don't wear yours you know like they, they won't admit you in 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 most of the public places like like stores and 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 public places mm -hmm. so um how has the state dealt with the situation Uh, and in terms of vaccination as well. Mm -hmm. They have done really good, I think, in the state of Indiana. We had the times, of course, where we had to you know, stay quarantined, stay in our homes, and you know, we kind of ordered our food online and all that stuff because, you know, just did not get out. But as far as now, um, it's it's lifted. I mean, we do have, you know, they still have the, the uh, kind of like the structure of, you know, keeping things san uh, sanctified, Clans and all that stuff in restaurants and people yep. still wearing masks. But it has been, I think our state has handled pretty good. But right now, we don't have any curfew. Uh, basically, everything is basically back to normal as much as it can be with the mask and with, the, you know, the cleansing and all that stuff that's still going on. But other than that, we don't have, you know, it's kind of all been lifted here. Yeah. And vaccination? Have you guys been vaccinated yet? They have offered that, yeah. And, um, There's, it's not mandatory. I don't know okay. if it is in most states, but here it's not mandatory. Um, my husband, he works in the medical field, and it's still not medical uh, mandatory there, but they do suggest it. And uh, 
it's like been a twofold basically here. They do have one that's like just a one shot and it takes care of everything. But there's the other one that they have like two injections, like I think it's like a two week time period, but it's not mandatory. And so far, I mean, that has seemed to be, you know, really no issues from it. So I know a lot of people was concerned, you know, about that, you know, having some kind of a effect from it. But so far, I'm not known of anybody who's had like a negative effect from it. That's a good thing because right. I had my first shot this morning. So, <laughs> so hopefully you're doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing fine. You know, like it's so funny because it's it's all about getting your freedom back. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's oh, for yeah. me. It's just like uh, you know, like it it seems like a um, a weird you know twenty like first century hurdle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, like you, you God knows what they're gonna impose and and and. Right. and and force us to do, you know, like, will there be like a vaccination passport? And if, it, right. if it's not our country, will it be the country welcoming us temporarily for a vacation, for example, right. you know, like that's going to impose that. Mm-hmm. So, so at some point, you know, my wife and, you know, my, and my wife and I were just like, well, F it, you know, like, we're just going to do it. And <laughs> just, you know, just go, yeah. so, so you just don't freaking bug us about that mm-hmm. you know like i want to travel i want to go on vacation i want to oh, yeah. go to you know on the, you know like on a beach you yeah. know? so the only way i see um this getting closer or i even can see a possibility of me being and my wife being able to travel is if we do it and you know like it's right. it's just like a and God knows, you know, like, you know, like usually it takes what, like, I think it's an average of five years minimum before they, they, they put out a vaccine and, mm-hmm. you know, they did this yeah. in less than a year almost. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like it, it, you have to wonder, but <laughs> at the same time, it's just like, well, you know, okay. You know, like if, if it, if it, if it allows me to travel and allows mm-hmm. me to, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. And I know people who's had, you know, a lot of people have, you know, medical issues besides the COVID going on, like diabetes and stuff like that. So that's been a yeah. concern. So, you know, I have some family members who suffer with that. And even with those kind of issues, as drastic as that can be, they have not had any issues at all. So, I mean, that's, I was concerned about that myself because, you know, you don't want anything to happen to anybody. Uh, yeah. So, but. You know, they've had those issues, you know, for diabetes and stuff like that, but they've not had any effects negative from it at all. And they've had their injection. So they got the okay from the doctor and it's went okay. So, you know, yay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and the other question I have for you, and, you know, like it's kind of my own little personal survey, but have you been able to witness, because, um, I, you know, like I'm always thinking during these times, you know, like when when one outweighs the other in terms Mm of sickness, you know, like, so, so if, if at some point mental health decline surpasses the, the risks of catching COVID, Mm -hmm. um, is it worth it? You know, like, so, so by confining people, by curfewing people, by sending them, um, you know, like isolated, um, by their own self mean, mm-hmm. um, will one at some point outweigh the other? And, you know, like I'm, so I'm asking that question like every week to my guests, um, have you seen such a decline in, you know, like the, the health or the mental health of the people around you? 
mental health, I have, you know, there's been people who's actually took their life. And it's so sad that it came to that. But there has been several people that I know that has went to that extreme just because, you know, the mental health in itself, you know, is very challenging. I mean, you have to watch how you communicate with them and all that stuff because, you know, you have to communicate with them on their level. And to have this go, you know, toward that, you know, you have the COVID being isolated and all that stuff is is very damaging. And so it's you just feel like you are all alone. And there've been several people that just like, I can't do it anymore. They just by themselves and they've actually, you know, taken their own life. And it, it's so sad, you know, that it's came to that. And even elderly parents, you know, el- elderly people, grandparents. And I heard the, this one little girl, I don't know who it was or where they was located, but they had uh, this little girl. She had, she just had a heart, you know, toward the grandparents' age. And she's like, they're all alone. And so she started something like the grandparents uh, could call this line. And so they had other people, like anybody that's elderly, they could call at any time to have somebody to talk to because they felt alone. And so I thought that was amazing, you know, through all this, you know, somebody was taking initiative to try to help someone, you know, to have, let them know they're not alone. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, you know, like for me, it's uh, not only is it sad, but I feel that sometimes the this this aspect of you know like that this whole situation mm-hmm. has been a bit neglected, you know, like or or at least not looked enough into, and uh, that's why I'm asking, you know, like it's for me, it's just uh, it's a curious and 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 intriguing and and scary situation, and you know, oh um, yeah. You're not the first one, you know, like I, I would say that almost categorically people are saying that it is, um, it is a tough situation it and, is. you know, they've seen yeah. relapses, um, graver or, or at least, you know, like more, um, you know, um, I would say more, you know, like, or batter depression, mm-hmm. um, suicide, oh, yeah. um, anxiety, oh, like yeah. high anxiety attacks. Um, even to psychosis level, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, like that's why I'm asking the question because, you know, like it, it, it worries me that <clears throat> we're, we're forgetting about this, you know, right. so, yeah, uh, yeah it you is. Know, like I, I can't wait to be free of <laughs> right, right. shit. I mean, I know there's people who just never had that kind of issue before, you know, they, you know, sound mind and all this stuff, but even through this, you know, they had, you know, a little bit of downtime, you know, kind of got a little depressed. And it's like, so you can imagine how somebody is that's already, you know, dealing with that. So, yeah, to have connection with people, you know, it's, I think it's going to help a lot of people to be able to open back up from all this, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, like the, uh, I, I tell that a lot, but, you know, like just my wife and I, you know, like I had, you know, at during that, that, all ordeal mm-hmm. <clears throat> sit you know like kind of together and you know like just talk about this you know like because oh, yeah. both of us were going through um not major pains but just right it was tough you know yeah. like, and, and you know and even for a couple oh, you know, yeah. like it, it's a it's a challenging thing you know like oh, my yeah. wife is more outgoing <laughs> she loves going with her friends mm-hmm. you know like i'm more i thought i was more <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I was more the introvert type. 
um, which, you know, definitely, you know, like 13, 14 months in, I realized that I'm not really, you know, like I can't <laughs> right. wait to see friends, but, um, right. but you know, like I, I didn't mind my wife going, you know, I don't know with, you know, like some girlfriends going to mm -hmm. some happy hour or whatever. And, um, but me on my, you know, like on my end, you know, um, it was having our own private time. Now, you know, like it's, it's much harder having that. It's more harder, almost impossible having that now. And, um, you know, right. th that recording moment for me, it's kind of my alone time. My wife, you know, does her own thing mm -hmm. upstairs, but you know, at the end of the day, um, we had to kind of, you know, a bit of regroup. Uh, we have a young kid and kind of say, okay, let's at least admit and talk about the fact that we're, you know, it's tough and, oh, and yeah. go from there oh, yeah. you know? and just, just saying it was, you know, liberating, you know, just like, Oh, it's, you know, you yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's the key. The thing about, you know, like you're saying, you know, a lot of people go through that, but they don't admit it and they don't acknowledge it. So, you know, through all this, there is like a skyrocket in divorce because, you yeah. know, people are kind of still living together. It's kind of like a dysfunctional normal, you know, where people are, you know, one of them's taking the kids to soccer practice. Another one's, you know, making dinner. The other one's going to, you know, to work or hanging out with friends or whatever. But you're doing things but not really connecting with your spouse. So now through all this, you know, they've had to force, you know, they're forced to spend time together. And my husband and I, you know, we get along great. And so, but everybody's not that blessed. And through this, you know, we can still have challenges. But, you know, there's some people, I mean, like I say, divorce rate has went skyrocketed because of this it's kind of forcing them to be together and they're like who are you <laughs> you know i don't know who you are so if you don't acknowledge that okay well how are you feeling about this if you don't do that which that's amazing you guys did that that's awesome so but to do that it does help you to be able to cope and say okay i'm not alone in this i feel this way it's normal you know so that that's good yeah and you know that's i think it's the basis of it all you know oh, yeah. like even for you know like i'm i'm an alcoholic and recovery, you know, like I, I you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's all about admitting and talking about it. You know, like when, when you're going through much rougher times, you know, like you you just need to talk about it. And, right. You know, like that's I would say almost eighty percent of the job done. You know, um, it it liberates so much. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. to say, oh shit, right now, you know, like it's it's tough. You know, like I'm going through a tough time and yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's tough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like so. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, you know, like I, I can't wait for us to talk about this situation in the past. Yeah, um, right. Mm -hmm. I envy a lot of your states down south. You know, like yeah. you guys mm -hmm. seems to have like at least, um, and and it's 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 in the U.S. DNA, right? You know, like mm. the, you guys, we can't touch your freedom, <laughs> and that's a fantastic thing. You know, like I love it, and um, and you know. I, you know, like I, I think individually we're probably, we're probably, you know, like much more similar, mm -hmm, right. but you know, like having more of, um, I would say like a left oriented, um, government, um, you know, uh, affiliation, you know, like it's, you know, like government help us for a lot, you know, like healthcare and all that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like that's a bit of a consequence of, of, you know, having that kind of, um, government, you know, like, so, right. so it, 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 it drives a lot of our decisions, mm -hmm. um, for the better and worse. Mm -hmm. I think right now we're not that the worst, but <laughs> close to it. You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, okay. 
let's get back to regular programming here. <laughs> and um, I, I, I asked pretty much like kind of like the same exercise to all of my guests, which is let's rewind that tape of your life to, you know, like the early beginnings. Mm -hmm. um, and I usually ask, you know, like um, depending on what the situation is, you know, like right. where can you bring me that, you know, like has had consequence into your life, you know, like the further uh, or as young as you can remember. That's been a, uh, a challenge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. That's been, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's kind of funny how you learn stuff about yourself. You know, as you get older, you still don't recognize some things. And like we were just talking about how acknowledgement, you know, is really a, a huge key in understanding yourself and the self-discovery and all that. Uh, but for me, you know, I didn't think it was an issue until just like, you know, just kind of through all this, understanding more about myself. But, you know, when I was a, a baby, you know, at six months old, you know, my mother, my birth mother left my father with me at six months old and three older siblings. So I didn't think as, you know, thinking that would affect you. But I have learned through all this that even though you may not have had any memories, you know, of rejection or just conscious memory of something like that happening, because, you know, a six month old baby, you know, you would think that you're going to have those hurts and wounds, you know, at six months old. But over time, like I was saying, that you understand more about, you know, reflection. You look back and you see, well, this is why I was acting that way. This is why I did this, you know, because of, you know, that mindset that I was having. And so, you know, I just learned, you know, just over the past little while that, you know, the feeling of rejection, you know, has been an issue. It's caused me a lot of stuff in my life because, you know, you can have, you can feel unworthy, you know, and like, okay, I don't know why I'm feeling that way. I can feel unloved. I'm like, you know, why, you know, because for me, I had my, I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a preacher. And uh, so when he was about, when I was about seven, eight years old, um, his, uh, he got married again, which was to a wonderful person. So nobody ever said anything to make me feel unloved or made me feel unworthy or undeserving. I mean, nothing like that ever happened. But I kind of had, you know, as I reflect back in my time, you know, I, you know, got in relationships, you know, and I like always thought I had to excel in things, you know, and miss opportunities because I didn't think I, you know, I guess deserve it or just couldn't do it, just wasn't going to work out. So there's a lot of stuff, I think, that in my mindset, you know, it's just, it does reflect, you know, that I did feel that wound. And so it did affect my life in many different ways. You know, looking back, you know, going through that, I'm like, you know, you just think this is how I am. You know, there's no big deal. Yeah. This is who I am. You know, I just feel like, you know, I'm quiet and shy and, you know, I just feel like that's the person I am. So you don't really question it. And then you get to a point for me. I uh, sort of questioned, I'm like, you know, because I was painfully shy. I mean, I don't know. The rest of my family was very talkative. They could talk to a stranger. But for me, I'd rather be sitting in a dental chair getting a root canal, you know, than to be talking to someone because it was really painfully, painfully for me to do that. And so I had to just search myself. And I'm like, I don't understand why I'm like this, you know, because I just accepted it, that that was true in my life. And, um, 
when I was just really honestly soul searching, and I believe if you seek, you know, and you shall ask and you shall seek and find and all that, I believe it really can happen. So for me, I really wanted to know why, because, you know, for me, I, I am a Christian and I was reading Second uh, Timothy 1 and 7, and it was saying, you know, for God has not given you the spirit of fear or timidity, timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So I'm like, okay, you know, I've been timid all my life. You know, I don't know why I'm like this. If this is not, you know, who I was created to be, then, okay, what's the answer? So immediately I was taken back to a discussion, you know, when I was like seven or eight years old. And this person was asking me a question, you know, he's a little older than me, you know, that seven or eight year old girl should not have been asked. So to me, I don't know how to answer it. And so I just kind of like stand there, you know, kind of puzzled and okay, I don't know how to answer this question. So the person just said, you know, well, you should just keep your mouth shut. You know, you should never speak because if you open your mouth and talk, they're just going to think you're dumb. So you might as well just keep your mouth shut. And so they was frustrated at, because I'm not knowing how to process the question they asked me. And so that all my life, I let somebody else's frustration sentence alter my life for many years. So I was really painfully shy and backward for many years because I allowed somebody else's belief or statement become my belief of who I was, my identity. And so that was, you know, really eye-opening for me that I had to go through that for many, many years, you know, of being in that kind of identity. And I had a challenge, you know, my beliefs, you know, okay, that's not who I am. So, of course, when I realized that I let somebody else's frustration, you know, become my identity for many years, of course, I didn't like it. (laughs) So now, I, you know, now I'm a coach and speaker. And so I use my voice all the time. You know, to be able to help other people because I know that that's not who I was. So that was a you know period in my life where you know I went through a lot of you know negative relationships and then you know gotten situations I shouldn't have and you know missed opportunities for business because of my beliefs, negative beliefs that I thought was true for me until I realized it wasn't. And then that's when things began to change for me. So. You know, like, I probably know the answer, but, you know, like, what kind of kid were you at school? I was actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I didn't, I never got into trouble. You know, I was always, you know, made good grades. You know, I, we traveled a lot because my dad was a pastor, but it was also an evangelist. So we traveled and sang and stuff. So I did, you know, I was really good in school, you know, made good grades, got awards for everything. And, you know, I. I didn't really cause any trouble. And and therefore, the introvert or the painfully timid kid that you are mm-hmm. was the same at school, right? So, right, were you challenged in, in finding friends? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Was it something tough for you? Um, it seemed like for me that you know I was very quiet, but there was people, you know people around that was very talkative so that's who became my friend because you know they was talkative you know they love to talk so I didn't really I didn't search friends you know I'd I'd be the one sitting there I'd be fine sitting by myself you know but you know they would seem to find me so you know I have talkative friends that love to talk and so that's who became my friends throughout the school years so yeah I was quiet and I never caused any trouble with the kids because you know I am very quiet but I loved um you know, just being involved 
things that really wasn't speaking. It's kind of weird because, you know, I love to be active in things that didn't cause me to talk, you know, like sports or something like that, you know, that was still active. But yeah, I was not very talkative in school and even, like I say, my young adult life and even middle life, you know, I wasn't very talkative at all. And people was like, you know, okay, you know, you can talk up, you can speak, say things and, you know, but as you go through life and you hear that recording in your mind, you know, that's just how you react. And so, you know, I was, I was always quiet. The, the, um, how was it growing with a preacher dad? It was awesome. I really loved it. And because one thing that we did, I always laugh and say that we was a Christian Partridge family <laughs> because my dad was a pastor, but we'd go around preach uh, to different places. So, we would go around, you know, as soon as I could talk, you know, I had a microphone in my hand. So he was singing, you know, and playing music and stuff, you know, before he would preach. So it was really good. My dad was a, he was a quiet man. So that's kind of how one thing I kind of took on myself. He was talking more than I was. He wasn't like he was shy. He was just, you know, more reserved and more quieter man, but he was uh, very powerful, you know, and, um, you know, it was, it was really good. I mean, I enjoyed, you know, traveling, playing music, singing, you know, I really enjoyed that part. So, I mean, I loved it growing up. And I think, too, with I had so many siblings that talked, you know, and did things, you know, I could just join in, just let them do all the talking, and I could just be still be part of. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it this intrigues me, it intrigues me in a way that, you know, like, the, especially with, teen, you know, like the teenage years, um, how is it dealing with, you know, like kind of, you know, like the, the instinctive rebellious side of a, of a teen and, and having kind of the Christian or, or, you know, like was, was it, is, is there like a challenging part of your teens that, you know, like got, you know, like not in collision, but got challenged by, you know, like the, the, the rigidity of, you know, like the, 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 the teachings of your, your father, for example? Mm -hmm. For most time, you know, a lot of preacher's kids, they do go through that time. For me, I think I was just, because my dad was my hero because, you know, my mother left when I was six months old. So he took care of, you know, four young kids. And so to me, he was my hero. And so I really respected him. I really looked up to him. So I didn't want to do anything to disappoint him or to, um, not because I loved going to church. I, I really loved it myself. It was, he never, it's kind of crazy because he was a pastor, but he never ever once told any of us we had to go to church. If we didn't want to go to church, we didn't, which we all did because we enjoyed it. But for me as a teenager, I still, you know, I still, you know, I, did you know everything that I wanted to do as a Christian, and I really didn't really get into trouble. So it was kind of a guidance for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is fantastic oh, yeah. because you know, like you, you, you don't ask yourself too many questions. You know, like you know the answer, or there's at least like a guidebook for mm -hmm. behaving. Yeah, yeah. In our family, I mean, we you know we have a normal. There's siblings, so you squall. You know, you have little arguments and stuff like that. I mean, we, we did normal family stuff and, you know, had a lot of fun doing things together too. So that was, it was enjoyable for us. And I think we all looked up to him because he was a very powerful man. You know, people come from all of the United States just to 
you know, come to church and listen to him because he was very powerful in, in how he preached and everything. So it made an impact on us, you know. But, yeah, my issue, I think, was when he passed away, you know, then that's when I think my downward spiral it hit again on that one, you know, on trying to keep myself, okay, shut my world, you know, because that's your hero. So everything I knew that I lived, you know, I did believe it, you know, and I did not have any trouble doing that. But there comes to a point, I think, in most people's life where you have to evaluate yourself and like, okay, is this really, you know, who I am? This is really what I believe. Oh, as teenage years, I was, you know, I, I loved it. You know, we went to church all the time and, you know, I had fun and concerts and, you know, it was a lot of fun even growing up in teenage years. Where or when does it get more complicated for you? You know, like, is it, is it the chi the shyness that, you know, like, or, you know, like that, that made your life more complicated? It did because for me, the shyness was, you know, because there was things that I was feeling or thinking, you know, things that happened, you know, that, you know, people were trying to get me to do and things like that, <clears throat> you know, so I, I didn't want to, I'm very protective of family. And so to me, I didn't want to say anything. Okay. Well, this person is trying to do this, you know, that's not good. You know, this is person trying to do this. So for me, I was very shy. And so to have that kind of stuff going on in your life, but also to, um, I guess um, not wanting anybody to get too close to you because, you know, you don't want them to know, you know, okay, well, this is going on here. You know, this person doing this. So you don't want to bring any, I guess, embarrassment or any degrading towards your family. And so you just kind of keep everything inside. And so, yeah, the shyness was very, very, very hard because like I say, I was painfully shy. And so, you know, Say I got in relationships, you know, I got married and, you know, got into different relationships that was not, you know, healthy, was not good. I mean, there was no abuse or anything like that. But I know even going into it, I know that it wasn't the right direction for me. So it's leading me further away from my core values, further away from my beliefs. But I still, okay, well, this is going to be okay. You know, I can handle this. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out. I still get better and all this stuff. And it's like, no, it ends up taking you down into a, a spiral, a road that you don't want to go into. So that kind of, you know, it's when you don't speak up and when you don't have a, a voice that you like feel like, okay, they're going to listen to me on this one or I don't care. You know, I'm just going to tell this. It's, it's just, you just don't have a voice when you're like that. Yes. And, and when do you find, you know, like, you know, I kind of um, confronted like almost in a wall. You know, like like where does it? You know, like wh where do you decide that? You know, like it it, it needs to stop. Was mm -hmm. it an event? Was it you know like what is it? Was it something um, that happened that? Uh, yeah, I was in probably um, probably my thirties. I think my probably my late thirties and. I just took a look at my life, you know, and I'm like, you know, I don't don't like this life. You know, this is not who I am. And I could just, you know, it's kind of like watching somebody else's life, you know, in the life that you're living. It's like, this is not me. This is not who I want to be. Never wanted to be in this situation. Never wanted to be, you know, with this person and all that stuff. So 
I just take a look at my life and I just like, you know, I just, I just knew that, you know, by not speaking up and not having, you know, kind of saying my beliefs, who I was and okay, I don't want to, you know, get in a situation like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. Instead of doing that, you know, okay, I don't want to make people upset. You know, I'm just going to, don't want to rock the boat. So I just took a long look at myself. And so there's one night I went to a, like a, a parking lot, an empty parking lot, you know, that was close to where I lived at. Now I'm like, something's got to give because, you know, I don't want to keep living this life anymore because it's just, you know, not who I want to be. And so once I took responsibility and I looked, you know, at myself, you know, I went to that parking lot and I'm like, you know, I was just beating a steering wheel and screaming, crying, telling God, I'm like, you know, God, you know, this is not anything to do with you, but this is a choices that I've made, you know, to get me here. And I said, I don't like this, you know, so it's something's got to give, you know, something's got to happen to change this because I'm not going to keep doing this anymore. So once I, you know, did that for a few hours in the parking lot, you know, crying and screaming and it's like, you know, what am I going to do and all this stuff, you know, I had to take a long look at my, how I'm thinking. Okay. Well, if I don't reflect my value, who's going to, you know, so if I just allow whatever happened, then guess what, you know, whatever is going to happen. And so I learned that I had to speak up. I had to be aware of my thoughts. Okay. Is this thoughts and then my habits, you know, my choices, is this reflecting who I want to be? Is this reflecting the life that I want? And it wasn't at that time. So I had to just take that step back and reflect and like, okay, I had to make some drastic changes, you know, to get out of that because, you know, I believe that you can get in a downward spiral. And if you don't do something about it, you know, you're just going to keep going down and down. It's like, okay, I need to make some choices here and I need to change my life and direction. So I had to, you know, pray to God, you know, to help me and to guide me. So, you know, I went through processes. It's just to try to, okay, I need to speak up. I need to learn that I have a voice. I need to know that, you know, my decisions and what I want to do, you know, is important because it's true to me in the life I'm living is not what I want to live. So I had to go through that transformation time of, okay, changing my life. So I had to change my thoughts, change my habits. So it changed my life. And, you know, what were the, you know, like kind of the first sign that, you know, like you, 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 how did you see the change? How did you feel the change? Well, at that time when I was in the parking lot, I was pretty angry and I was, you know, kind of, that helps me to relate to how people's going now because, you know, I felt like alone. I felt like, you know, I was just like inside my own head and like I, nobody else understands, you know, I just, you know, this is just awful to be by yourself in that kind of situation. But I began to, you know, I began to see a change because I would uh, not get into you know, situations. You know, I would not allow myself to go in that direction anymore. I would speak up and I would like, you know, I just had to make some change on the relationships I was in, the places I was going. I'm like, this has to stop. And so I did stop that. And um, God helped me, you know, to give me the strength and the wisdom to keep going because a lot of times, I think people can go through those things and all the stuff that you go through can bring guilt and shame and regrets and mistakes, all that to you. And sometimes it can drag you back down thinking, well, I've messed up so bad in my life. You know, I can't, you know, I can't have anything good in my life. You know, I've coached people and they're thinking, you know, I'm just so undeserving of anything good. Who's going to want me anymore? So I had to go through that process and to know that, okay, I did mess up. 
I did go through a lot of stuff that I wish I had never went through, but this is a new day. It's a fresh day, you know, and God just kept telling me, you know, you're my daughter to hold your head up high. And I did. I mean, that is exactly what got me through to know that, you know, no matter even what I thought about myself, because, you know, I had to go through a lot of guilt and shame on my own. So I had to realize, okay, if I'm going to get out of this, I'm going to have to do this, you know, dignity and, you know, it's going to be hard, you know, but I had to hold my head up a lot of times, you know, and it didn't look like, you know, some days was better than others. But, you know, when I met, um, I go through the process, but once I, um, started meeting my husband two years later, um, I got onto this, we met at a gas station because we met on Christian Mingle <laughs> and, uh, we, um, met but when i pulled in that parking lot you know it was or the pavement it was just something within me had broke and it's just never been the same again because i just had the feeling that okay there was hope i felt hope and when i was in that parking lot i knew that something had broken in me i knew that i was feeling the hope and i knew that i was having a peace you know before, you know, I just felt like hopeless. I just felt like, you know, this is my life and I don't like my life, but this is my life and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And I'm like, I don't like that. So in the parking lot, you know, I began to feel hope for the first time in a few years. And so that was something that really carried me through a lot of my stuff because that same feeling of having hope and to know, okay, I can have good things in my life. I can, I can turn my life back to where I wanted it to go to, that there's still hope. And in that feeling of hope, you know, that I still remember that feeling. It was just so strong. And I just know that it's what changed my life around. I mean, it was gave me that confidence to be able to, okay, no matter what I'm going to face, you know, no, no matter what I've done, you know, I have the hope that I can change this in my life and I can have the life, a good life, a good marriage, a good business. I can have all the good things you know, that I was desiring in my life, you know, and I did have the hope that it was going to happen. So over the years, I did. That hope is what I hung on to, and it has happened. Wow. That's a great, that's, that's a great story. Um, and how do you maintain that? How do you, you know, because, you know, um, you don't want to, quote, unquote, relapse, right? You know, like you oh, don't want to yeah. fall back into... Oh, yeah you know, being shy and being, right. you know, um, how, how do you maintain what's, what's in the healthy diet of keeping this sane? Yeah. And there's sometimes it's crazy because, you know, when you're shy like that, I mean, it's, it's, it's painful. I mean, some people have it more intense than others. And mine was like painfully shy. I mean, it was, it was painfully shy. And so there's times where, you know, even going to a store and asking certain questions, you know, just like asking a very simple question, I can have that feeling again. And I'm like, no, you know, and it's all because of who I believe I am. And, you know, when that person said, got frustrated because I didn't answer right away on the question, um, they, out of their frustration, they put, you know, they attached their identity, who they thought, who they said I was, I let it attach themselves to me. And so to me, I remember that I, I will never go back there again. You know, I'm determined that I will speak up and I will talk and I will say, you know, I'm, I am definitely respectful and I definitely love people, you know, but as far as my life, you know, I do, I don't, I won't ever let, you know, 
that attach itself to me again because it was something for so many years that was false. And so I let something else that was false alter my life for years. And so to me, I just refuse. I just I refuse to let that grip a hold of me again and it and to keep going, you know. So if I have a time where, you know, go in the store and I'm like, okay, this it tries to like, okay, you, you know, they're not gonna care what you have to say or they're not gonna understand what you have to say, you know, they're gonna think it's stupid or whatever. You know, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not letting it attach itself to me again and, you know, I go not asking, not do. You know, and even if it's simple, it doesn't matter. Or if it's something major, I don't care. I'm not going to let it attach itself to me again. Because I believe if we allow false, you know, beliefs become our identity, it changes you, you know, and it can alter your life for many years. So and I think there's a lot of people live their life in false beliefs. And, you know, whether, okay, some people may say, okay, a teacher said when I was in school, well, I can't draw. You know, I'm a ba- I can't draw very good. Or I'm bad at math. You know, so they go through the life, well, I'm not a good drawer. I, you know, I'm terrible at math. And so they just allow somebody else's opinion become their identity. And so to me, I just refuse. I just will not let that happen to me again. Once I went through that and I realized what it was, that it wasn't actually who I was created to be. But I was created to talk and I was created to love people and I was created to help people and to guide people. And so that's, I just refuse to let that identity, that false belief attaches up to me again. And you said you started a, a practice. You're like, what is that practice about? The practice I have, I have a, it's a ministry called Broken Into Greatness. And I help, uh, I'm geared toward women to help them to know, you know, that they can give their passion and purpose a voice. You know, it's about mindset, mindset shift you know, in identifying uh, self-limiting beliefs and to help them find their unique passion and purpose that they were created to be. So I help them walk through that process, coach them, you know, speaking, you know, training and different stuff like that. So I I help uh, women in that kind of areas. And I also and have a book, book publishing company too, so I help them share, share the story if they want to do that too. <laughs> I'll... How does it work? You know, like the, you know, like the, the it's, it's, uh, you know, like they meet with you and they, they talk. Yes, yes, yeah. It's a they have like a certain time that we talk, and I'm doing a course now. Where I'll be able to do more of a group session, so I'll be able to help more people, you know, at a quicker pace, but still be effective. But yeah, um, we meet and talk, and um, you know, it's a like a, a accountability program, so. It depends on where they're at in their life. You know, I want to meet them where they're at. And so then we walk the process and, you know, each step will lead them closer to the results that they're wanting in their life. I know everybody's different. You know, everybody's got their unique um, abilities, skills, and, you know, and they just have a a unique uh, purpose in life. And so everybody's going to be different. So I try to meet them on where they're at. We talk and uh, I have, you know, a lot of great results and, People, they come in all, you know, kind of got their arms folded, you know, because, you know, kind of don't know how it's going to be, you know, how you know, is it going to be like abrasive or is this going to be, you know, you know, somebody's just going to tell me what I need to do. But very quickly they learn that, you know, I'm here because I care because I'm here to help them to, you know, have their life of freedom. 
And where can people find you? I have a website called Broken Into Greatness. And so they go brokenintogreatness.com and they can search on there and somehow if they want to connect with me more, there's a, um, a scheduling on there so they can schedule with me or they can just check out more information on, on my site. And um, on that, you know, like I want to thank you for your time, Carla. You know, like it, you. it was a it was a great discussion. You know, like I'm super happy that we met. Yeah. Um, I think you know, like there, there's um, there's a lot of stuff to take uh, to digest. You know, like the 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 early age, even you know, like un un unremembered right. um, mm-hmm. moment that mm-hmm. you know like marks you. Oh yeah. Uh, consciously or unconsciously. Right. Um, this is, you know, like, I think is it is great. You know, like, so, you know, like there, there's great thoughts to to be having around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. And you know, like, it, it makes me reflect a lot on stuff that we probably underestimate sometimes. Oh so. yeah. Yeah. They say usually it's between like three and eight years old. Is usually you know our minds are like little sponges, you know, and so we pick up a lot of stuff. And we don't even remember, you know, it goes into our subconscious, but it affects every area of our life and relationships, how you feel about politics, you know, how you feel about religion, you know, it just affects everything. So you have this program going, you know, from an early age and you don't even realize it. So a lot of people go through their life just, you know, going through the motions or this is how I am or, you know, this is what I believe. And sometimes they don't even know why they're acting that way because they've never really become aware and challenged it. But no, it, it yeah. does help to do that. And for that, you know, like it's, um, that's the purpose of that podcast, you know, like it's to make people oh, yeah. think, um, make people reflect and make right. people, um, and, and, and so every link that you mentioned are, can be found in the description of the episode. Okay. And okay. so, um, yeah, I mean, like there's, uh, that, you know, like it's, um, it's just great that, you know, like you help others, um, with similar or, you know, mm-hmm. it's sometimes different situation, but you know, like there's, um, it's just, it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for, I know you're doing a lot of good stuff and helping a lot of people in what you're doing. So I'm thankful for that as well. Cause there's, everybody's got a different journey and we're going to reach different people, maybe at different times, but we're all impacting and effective at the same time. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, again, you know, like it's, um, it's not necessarily a devotion. It's just, you know, like I, I love, you know, just, um, making my life better. Yeah. You know, like so, yeah. and, and I guess if I, <laughs> yeah, if I rebound, I, I do help others. So yeah. it's just, I'm having a blast doing it. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thanks a lot for your time, Carla. Well, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. No, you too. Bye.